You're listening to Love Starts Here, a podcast for smart, successful women who are ready to finally have the love they want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Starts Here podcast. I'm Melissa Snow. I'm your host. And today I am joined with my friend and fellow coach, Andrea Giles. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So excited to have you here. So tell everybody before we dive in, um, tell us a little bit about you, what you do and how you got to this point. Okay, sure. So as Melissa said, I am a fellow coach. Um, my specific area of expertise is around infidelity. So I work with, I work with primarily women, some men, but primarily women around the aftermath of infidelity and trying to, to move forward from that. And I got into this because I have my own experience with infidelity. Um, it's been some years now about, it was, it'll be eight years, December that I, that my marriage ended. I ended up I ended up getting divorced. Um, There was a lot of deceit for many years in my marriage. And um, ultimately for me, my choice was to end it. It was just, it was not improving. It was, there were things that were getting worse. The deceit was getting worse. um, And it was very much affecting me and my children. And so I chose to end the marriage. And then part of my story is that seven months after the divorce finalized, he was involved in some reckless behavior and got into a car accident and passed away. And he was 39 years old. And through all of these experiences, even when I was like right in the midst of it, I had women coming that were wanting help and that were asking, well, how did you decide? How did you know to leave? How do you, you know, asking me questions. And it showed me that there are many, many, many people out there who are hurting and suffering and need help. And so I kind of just made a commitment that I was going to get through it and get out like intact (laughs) and like be able to help be in a position to help other people. And so I started out going to school back to back to school to become a therapist and was introduced to life coaching. And it was like such a huge immediate shift. I'm like, what am I even listening to? It was so different than anything that I had been taught in any of the therapy that I went to. And so I completely jumped ship and decided to become a coach. So I have been coaching since the beginning of 2019. And just, I just love it. I love the people that I get to help. So that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. I think every coach has a story similar of like, we all end up coaching people who are, who we used to be. Right. Yes. Yes. And one thing I love about what you do is that in coaching, we talk so much about separating out the fact from the story and the thought from the feeling. And that's hard enough on a regular day (laughs) when everything is going as you think it should be in your marriage. 
But then when something like this happens, when you find out that your partner has been unfaithful in whatever way, that could be an emotional affair, a physical affair, some other form of betrayal. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to separate out what is actually going on from all of the stories that your brain is telling you about them and all of the feelings that you're having. Yes, absolutely. It, It can get very messy, very confusing, and so important to do that work, right? Yeah. Because if we keep swimming in that and keep being confused, right, and not answering some of the questions that our brain wants answered, we're going to keep repeating the same processes, the same patterns over and over again, and ultimately keeping ourselves from moving forward. Absolutely. So I want to talk, there's so much that we could talk about today, but I want to talk about just the idea of trust after Mm -hmm. a partner has been unfaithful. And I think you're the perfect person to talk about this because there is the idea of learning to trust the person who has betrayed you. If you decide to stay in the relationship, there's the idea of learning to trust yourself again, which can be very hard. And then for you, you also then went on to have another relationship and get married again. And the idea of trusting someone else is probably pretty complicated too. Yes. So let's start first with the idea of if you are deciding to stay in your relationship, at least Mm -hmm. for now, you're trying to make it work after infidelity. How do you go through the process of learning to trust your partner again? So I think that, okay, there's a different, some different components here. So first of all, healing, healing is an inside job. It really is. It's an inside job. I wish that we could hand it off to somebody else. It'd be much easier, right? Like you just do these things and then I get to feel better, but that's not true. It's not true because if we are in a state of mistrust, we're going to find reasons to not trust. Right. And Melissa and I, we we were to your listeners, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how we can, we can have them check all the boxes, right? We can have them check in with us every day. We can go through their phone. We can have all their passwords. We can have trackers. We can have all of these things, right? Does that build trust? Does that build trust? And what I help my clients with and what I, what I think ultimately is the thing that makes the biggest shift in being able to lean into trust again is one, getting your bearings back of trusting yourself, trusting yourself. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And the second piece that's really important is markers for is my partner trustworthy, right? Sometimes we want to give trust back because it feels better. Mm-hmm. If it feels like, oh, we can just patch it back up and I can just hand this trust back over and away we go. And sometimes the truth is that the person is not trustworthy just yet. Doesn't mean they can't build it. It doesn't mean that it's not coming, but sometimes it's poor judgment to just hand over trust. Sometimes it can be another way that we kind of go blind to it, mm-hmm. to what's going on, because the truth can really hurt sometimes, right? Sometimes seeing yourself and seeing your partner in broad daylight can be painful. Mm -hmm. So backing it up to self-trust. Okay. So self-trust, one of the things I hear all the time and that I really, really struggled with myself was how did I not know? It was right in front of my face. How did I not know? And I would challenge that. I think for all of you listening, there were things that you probably saw that felt off to you that you had a kind of a gut feeling about 
And that for one reason or another, maybe you pushed aside. I know for me, we, we had six kids together and it was easier for me to look away than to look at it head on because of what it could possibly mean for my family. Right. Like I didn't want to look at the options. I didn't want to see because it, it meant this is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of what it meant for me. It was like, now you have to choose. Now you have to make some tough decisions. Now you need to show up and have these tough conversations and ask these tough questions. And until it was like very like undeniable, like I couldn't ignore it anymore. It's easy to kind of go blind to. It's a survival mechanism. And so part of building self-trust is looking at those times where you did know, like you knew something was off and checking in and learning from yourself there, that that is your, your own wisdom. That's your own meter that that is there and it's always been there and it's not going away. And rather than punishing yourself for looking away, understanding why my tie have looked away and trusting that you actually did know more than you think you did. Mm -hmm. And there are the few, I will say, there are the few, you know, people who are the, the, the one that's being unfaithful in some way that are very, very good at what they do. They're very good at being deceptive, very good at it. And so there are some cases where truly it was so masterfully hidden that it has nothing to do with you. It's the other person and their, their deceit. Yeah. And like you said, in the beginning of the podcast, when you trust someone, you see everything as evidence that they are trustworthy. When you don't trust someone, you see everything as evidence that they're not trustworthy. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, at least when I went through this experience, it was, there were some things that I thought, well, that's kind of weird, but because I trusted him so completely, I was just like, "Hmm, weird. Okay. Moving on, (laughs) you know? Yes. And I think what you said is really important too, in terms of looking at those things that you might've missed or the things that you saw and just pushed aside for whatever reason, but doing that from a place of like curiosity and wanting to learn and grow rather than I think what our instinct is in this situation is to look at it from a place of judgment and like shaming ourselves. And I'm so stupid. Why didn't I see that? Yeah, exactly. This, this sounds a little off topic, but I want to just, just, it it goes along with what we're talking about. So I've been watching this documentary about 9-11 and it's been so interesting because we had this massive collective crisis in the United States that we all felt, you know, I think we all knew it will never be the same. It will never be the same, right? We're not going back to the way things were before that. And what I've learned is that when that was all going on, like when all the plans were being laid for all of that was when all the heat was stirred up around Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. And so all of our eyes were on that. We were all Mm -hmm. watching that. Right. And there were all of these things that were happening right in front of us that, that no one caught departments were not communicating with each other. There are these people that were moving into the States with faulty records and, you know, enrolling in the flight schools tagged in different departments and not communicated to the proper departments to do something about. And basically there was just this huge diversion. Like we didn't know what was going on right under our nose because there's this other thing. And, you know, I thought about it that what if after 9-11, if we didn't do the work to go back and, and if the people who let things slip through the cracks, right? Like what if they didn't go back and find those things and find like the holes in communication the the drop in um, 
you know, seeing these things that were, they were there the whole time. We just didn't see them. And it took a crisis to wake up, right. To go, we are in trouble. And so I think I've thought about this in relation to people that I work with who are in these relationships where it hits this crisis spot, like we're on fire, we're on fire, we're burning so much pain, right. And I feel like where, where real self-trust is built is in going back and looking at where were we diverted? Where was I looking away? Where was I not not willing to or keeping myself busy so that I couldn't see and actually looking for it? And just to be clear, this is not taking responsibility in any way for the choices of this of your of your partner. No way. Like their choices are theirs. But there's so much to learn here. And it is in going back and looking and answering those questions that we start to build trust. It's in answering those questions and going, okay, this is why. This is where I was at. It's getting to know yourself at such a deeper level than you did before to where it's like you build this this like strength in yourself to go, you know, let's say you are staying in, right? You're going to stay in your marriage and you can go, I hear so much, well, what if it happens again? You know, it could happen again, but you're a different person than you were first time, right? You're a different mm-hmm. person and you will handle it in a different way because of the work that you've done, because Absolutely. you're willing to look. Another piece here of building trust in yourself and in your partner is, you know, our brains are just so good at like all the drama and all the stories and telling the story of what happened. Like instead of what happened, what happened to my marriage? What happened? Why did he do this? Why would he do that? You know, and actually telling the story in a way that feels truthful to you and that allows you to move forward. Because sometimes if we keep spinning out in, I just don't know, I don't know what happened. We're never going to, it's the answer's not magically going to appear, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to show up on your doorstep. You have to look for it and commit to it. And so when I say that, like this kind of building self-trust and trust in your partner it's an inside job. It's because of the internal work that needs to happen to really move forward from it. Like the shifting of stories, the telling of the story that lets you move forward as the hero, like that lets you move forward powerfully and with ownership of what, what you're doing next. Right. And one of the things that I've found is really essential to your ability to move forward, whether you move forward with the person who has betrayed you or not is this idea of radical acceptance, getting to the point where you can just say, okay, I accept that this is what happened. Doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean it was right. Doesn't mean it was fair. Doesn't mean it was the best time of my life, but I'm accepting that this is what happened. And the only thing I have control over now is how I move forward from it. And unless you're telling yourself, unless you're telling the story, there is nothing to accept. Right. I love that. Yeah, acceptance is is such a huge piece of all of it. It's such a huge piece of moving forward of, you're right, telling the story in a way that serves you. And no one can give you that. No one can, you know, I have clients that I work with where the spouse is saying all the right things. Like, this is all me. I screwed up. I this and that. And they still, until they internalize, right? Until they go inside. And just like you said, accept, this is what happened. This is the choice he made. This is where we're at. And now what? Mm -hmm. Right. And now what? Now, now, where do I want to go with this? 
Mm-hmm. And instead we cause so much pain to ourselves. We bring so much pain when we continue to fight against what actually happened. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, I know one of the things that my clients struggle with when they're in this situation is the decision about whether to stay or go. Mm-hmm. And everyone has an opinion about what they should do. Everyone's usually <laughs> happy to tell you their opinion. Absolutely. How do you trust yourself in making that decision? Mm-hmm. So. The short answer to that, and I know that every situation has its own nuanced things, right? There's no one size fits all. It's a very personal decision. But the, the simplest way that I that I describe it is that when we are satisfied with how we are showing up, not necessarily how they're showing up, but how we are showing up, that's when we're in the best position to make that decision. So I say that because, you know, I've heard different things. Melissa, I'm sure you've heard different things about, well, you just wait until you get to this neutral place where you can stay and be fine or leave and be fine. And I personally think that's pushing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that we get to still be humans that have emotions and and the more to me, more importantly, is am I leaning in to showing up with courage? Am I showing up in in truth and having the tough conversations, asking the tough questions? And a way to think about it is like when we first find out we're being we're being given this big uh, data point, if you will, right? This big data point, like a big fat data point. Like here you go, this is something happening. <laughs> okay, that's a big data point. <laughs> it is. A lot of times people have that data point and react to it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out. I'm done not staying here. And that's within our right. People make their choices and it's, there's no judgment there. Okay. But often if we are not willing to stay in long enough to collect more data points, to, to look for understanding all of that confusion, all of the anger, all of it, it's going to follow us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to come with us. And so what I help my clients with is I help them become the person they want to be. And then they make their decision from that place. So for example, if my clients are judging themselves so fiercely, like, well, I'm older and I just, I don't want to have sex with them as often as he wants to. And sometimes I get depressed and sometimes, you know, we make all these justifications, right? For why they would do the thing they do. And what I do is I help my clients kind of get back to a place with themselves where they can honor themselves, have compassion for themselves, really look at the things that they want. Many of them haven't for years. They haven't looked at actually what they want and asked those tough questions of what kind of life do I want? Right. Mm -hmm. And so when they, when they spend that time, it's almost like setting down that, that question of, am I staying or going? It's like, I'm going to set this down for a minute. I'll come back to it. And I am going to check in with myself and answer the questions of, am I showing up in integrity here with who I want to be? Mm-hmm. Am I holding on to my own core values of who I want to be here? And the beautiful thing is that when we start doing that work, either they're going to come with us or they're not. And we'll know pretty quick. Like my philosophy around it is that when we start showing up for ourselves and building ourselves up, the byproduct of that is that decision becomes much easier. Absolutely. It's like, oh yeah, nope, not doing this, you know, or yeah, I think that it's worth fighting for and staying in and, you know, but that decision becomes much easier once 
the fog is lifted and clarity of like remembering who we are, remembering that what we want matters, remembering that we have an opinion, that we're entitled to our opinion, and then showing up in these conversations and allowing the other person to, you know, give us more data. And so like if one partner is like leaning in to growth, into really looking at it all with their eyes wide open, you are going to get data points if the other person is willing to do the same. Absolutely. Are they coming with? Are they willing to grow? Are they willing to be uncomfortable? Are they willing to be vulnerable here? You'll know. Yeah. And you get to walk away if you choose with your head held high saying, I like who who I showed up as. I like that person. I'm proud of her. And this is not what I choose for myself. Yeah. I always tell my clients or my potential clients who are trying to decide if they want to stay in their relationship, even if it's not betrayal, even if they're just Mm -hmm. trying to decide if they want to stay or go is that you can make the same decision from very different spaces, right? Deciding to stay in a relationship from a place of fear is very different than deciding to stay in a relationship from a place of love. Yes. Ultimately, the decision is the same, right? You've decided to say, or you've decided to go, but doing it from a place of fear or from a place of anger or hurt or whatever you're feeling versus from a place of clarity and confidence and certainty, the decision might be the same ultimately, but Mm -hmm. your experience of it is going to be very different. And the result that you have afterwards is going to be very different. Uh, So true. So true. I know for me, you know, I want to point out that for me, like I had those real moments of clarity where I knew, I I knew that it was a dead end, like that he, he, in his, in my situation, he was not ready or willing to be truthful about things. And it just got more and more volatile for myself and my kids. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was like calm and centered and grounded, I knew that I was making the wisest decision for myself and my children, but you can bet that fear came up. Mm-hmm. Right. You can bet that I felt scared and uncomfortable. I had, I had been a stay at home mom. We had six kids together. He was a lawyer, like for Google, he was very successful. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I might end up working at Walmart and I was down for it. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I, I knew from like the most truthful place inside of me that it was the best decision that I could make for myself and my kids but the fear came up the but here's the thing here's the difference is when they came up i had that foundation of love even for him like so much love for him all the way through it it wasn't from a place of hatred and you're right like my experience coming out of that was much different than it would have been had i just been like angry and mad and coming at it from like a place of revenge or anything like that Mm-hmm. Very different experience. And even grieving, grieving his death when that, you know, when that happened so close to when we got divorced, I'm grateful to myself that I was loving throughout the process. Yeah. Because I was able to show up for my kids and grieve with them and grieve for him, where I think I would have been in a different place had I not chosen to go through with it in that way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap up, is there anything, I mean, I could probably sit here and talk to you for the rest of the day and we still wouldn't cover everything, but is there anything that you would add 
to any woman who's listening, whose partner has been unfaithful and she's struggling with trusting him, trusting herself, making a decision. Is there anything that you would add that we haven't already touched on? I would say, I think the most important piece here and the the biggest casualty I feel in infidelity is how hard we are on ourselves and how mean we become and how we judge ourselves. And I think the biggest casualty is the harm we do to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. This, this person hurt us, but then when we make it mean the things that we often do, it can be just crippling. And so what I would say to the people listening who are in that spot is that you were not made to live a mediocre life. You were not made to just to deal with things, right? Just to go through the motions and, and settle. And you were made to thrive. You're made to thrive. And what I would say to you is to spend some time, even if it feels a little bit threatening, looking at the kind of life you actually want and really like scanning out, I, I like three to five years, like scanning out to the kind of life that you want and really tapping into who she is, like really getting to know her. Who is she? What does she know that you don't right now? What does she want you to set down that you're carrying around that is slowing you down and burdening you? And that is false. Like, what does she want you to let go of? And when we can tap into her and like feel what she feels like and see what she sees, I encourage you to use that intel, that information as kind of the North star of where you're going. My belief is that there are no like dangling carrots in front of our nose of like, you can't really have this. This looks great, but you can't actually have it. I don't believe that. I believe that our desire becomes our roadmap, that the things that we want, when we really dig in deep and look at the life that we want, that's our roadmap of what we are intended to have And not only are we intended to have it, but that roadmap shows us exactly where our growth is. So if we look ahead and we see this person who owns the things that she wants, like that she speaks up, that she communicates, that she doesn't apologize for for who she is and the kind of life that she's building, that becomes like actually your, your marker of like, okay, this is my growth. This is where I need to focus. And trusting her, like trusting, like you, you already have everything you need. You already have all the answers of what to do, all of it inside of you. It's just letting, letting her out and communicating and like looking ahead and remembering that, you know, we we're magnificent. People are, you know, we're not meant to just like get through. We're really not. We're meant to thrive. We're meant to have beautiful lives. And so learning from yourself, trusting that all the best things are out in front of you and tapping into that more than you're tapping into what's behind you. That's really good. Thank you so much for being here, Andrea. If there's anybody listening who wants to connect with you further, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So I, you can find me at, on my website, andreagiles.com. And in there you can find links to, you know, social media, things like that. But I also, I have a podcast. It's called heal from infidelity. It's all things infidelity. So Heal from Infidelity, Andrea Giles, you'll see my picture on there. And there's lots of good information there as well. Awesome. I will link your website and your podcast in the show notes so everybody can connect with you easily. And thank you again so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Quest for Love. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave us a review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. For more information about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa, check out melissamsnow.com or questforlovepodcast.com. Until the next episode. <laughs>